Welcome to the Global Bandroom, a podcast about bands and musicians across the world. My name is Keith Kelly and I'm a band director from the west coast of Ireland. Each episode, I sit down with musicians to talk about their stories and bands and how they're making an impact in their communities. Before we start, you can find out more about the podcast and the people and stories that we feature over at globalbandroom.com and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Global Bandroom. All of the Global Bandroom podcasts are brought to you by Kaleidoscope Adventures. Find out how you can travel beyond expectations at mykatrip.com. Now on with the show. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to be able to welcome someone new to the Global Bandroom this week. Uh, someone who myself and and her have many mutual friends, uh, both on this side of the water and in the US as well. Um, and she actually is good friends with a number of my uh, work colleagues from different jobs that I've had over the years as well. Uh, this is Deborah Bradley, uh, and I am absolutely thrilled to have you on the podcast. Deborah, how are you and how are things in your part of the world right now? Oh, I'm doing real good, Keith, and thank you for having me. This is like just so delightful. I have such a, such a love for your culture in Ireland and it's just makes means a lot to me to uh, be here today now the weather here first day that it's really cool in South Georgia we're always up in the 90s but today it's 85 or 83 so (laughs) so so good marching band weather right right now is it yes yes a little bit cooler (laughs) right and you know the band always sounds better in the cool weather they have a bit more energy to play i think yes, they do. <laughs> we we don't have that problem here in ireland as you know um mm, and, yeah. and we'll be talking a lot about your your connections to to ireland um throughout this so for anyone that doesn't know deborah bradley tell me a little bit about w- what you do uh today we, we will get back into your your uh, journey to, to to this point um but tell me a little bit about your band and your involvement with various different associations because you're you're a very busy uh, bands yeah. person. Yeah, I, I didn't plan it that way. It's it's really <laughs> funny. I, None of uh, us ever do. <laughs> no, about eight years ago, I did retire from formal education, teaching in the public school, and just kind of piddled around with this little university or college here called Georgia Military. And it, we didn't have a band, but I did music uh, courses and things. And during that time, uh, I, I, with one of my mentors and another lady, we, we developed a community band, which is very much needed down here in South Georgia. Um, South Georgia is a little different from Atlanta. We, we don't have that close connection where we can just drive over a mile or two mm. to another school. We, we're like 70 miles apart or 50, you know. So anyway, we started a band called the Azalea Winds, which is a community band. And it actually turned out really good at first, and then we kind of, you know, slowed up a little membership, slowed down, and so I started thinking, how are we going to get this back, you know? So we got it got it going, and it's, it's very thriving right now. We're really proud of it. We have about 55 members when everybody comes, and Keith, it, it, people drive 100 miles to be in this wow. band, um, 70 for sure, almost every time. Our first trumpet player comes 70 miles. She lives beyond Waycross, Georgia. And we had a clarinet player that lived down in uh, Camden County, kind of close almost to Jacksonville. So uh, 
there was there's a need for community band here, and that's what I do. Um, let's see, four, about five weeks ago, there's a, a college up the highway about 40 miles that asked me. The, the program had kind of, you know, waned, had gone out, and uh, the lady mm. called me, and she says, I wonder, would you come look at our band room? We really need a band director that has experience. Would you come take a look at it? And I'm thinking, oh, 40 miles away? I don't, I don't know. I, but listen, <laughs> I drove up there, and I'm now the director of bands at ABAC, which is Abraham <laughs> Community College. Well, it's not a community college. It's just a college, an agricultural college. I'm so sorry. they dragged you right back out of retirement. So now I'm doing a band <laughs> and a jazz band at this particular moment. You know, um, but it was a, it's it's fun. I, I enjoy being around college students again. You know, it reminds me of that Al Pacino line. Just when I thought I was out, they dragged me back in. <laughs> right, right, right. right. But, uh, and had you been involved yeah. much with community bands um, prior to the Azalea Wins? Um, it, it's, yeah, it's such yeah, a different I, um, animal I, in some ways. I, I did. I I had um, right when I retired, I had a sort of a mentor that lived in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, which I'm from that area. I grew up uh, at the beach area, and you might have heard of Destin being one of our mm. premier resort beaches in, in the entire United States. It's, it looks like, you know, as pretty as Jamaica or the Caribbeans. But So I grew up in a very healthy band environment, and Nancy Thiele was running a, a band called the Emerald Coast Community Band, and I wanted so bad to play in that thing. I drove four hours to get there for rehearsals wow. uh, once a week for for at least a, almost a year. And I did two or three programs with them. She had asked me if I wanted to conduct, and I did. And I thought, hey, this is wonderful. You know, we need this in South Georgia. So she inspired me to be more active with community bands. Um after you know being involved in in school bands um for 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 your career and um do you find um working with community bands very different uh, does it require a different set of skills to effectively work with adults of <laughs> various different tempers and humors and abilities <laughs> well just like um a good high school band you really need to know your music you need mm. to Make sure that you kind of pair up your adults with strong players and players that are not so experienced so that they hear that quality in, you know, performing and playing. And you have to be careful to select the music that will challenge the uh, advanced players and even the ones that are professional. Occasionally we have some professional players that come in and then you have like very much inexperience and you want them to feel good about the music. So you have to really, you know, go along and say, I'd like to put you on third. I really need it. You know? Mm. So you'd have to, have, you have to have a little psychology that way. There, there seems to be, I know this from, from just our own bands here in Ireland, because we have this age difference, you know, our, the youngest person in my band is eight. The, the eldest oh. is over 80. <laughs> so yeah. we've, We've got we've got a big big age gap, and and a lot of a lot of the time with community bands, it, co- it does come down to program selection, uh, it yes. doesn't it? it? It's it's as you say, uh, programming something that is uh, maturing mature in its content uh, mm-hmm. and emotionally stirring, uh, while maybe not being technically 
um, overly difficult um, to right. try and keep everyone happy sometimes. Um, so do you spend a lot of time researching programs and researching repertoire? Uh, I'm a lucky camper, okay? In my <laughs> band, I have two composers, possibly three. Wow. And um, these two young people, well, they're, they were my students when I first came to this part of Georgia in the Valdosta area. And of course, they're they're retired now. We're all, you know, in the the older generation. <laughs> but um, Christina Huss and, and Alan Carter are both exceptionally talented, and they write music for the band. And now they publish with uh, Excelsior. But the, just the other night, I, I I got my scores over here. I like to 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 tell them. I tell Chris and Alan, hey, I want to do a tribute to Pearl Harbor. So this this next concert coming up in November and December, we're going to do a tribute to Pearl Harbor. So they got together and they wrote a piece for us. And you can, it, it shows, you, you sit there and you listen. If you close your eyes, you think you're there and you mm. can hear the battle scene. You can hear the hymn, the Navy hymn, the Navy song, everything. It's just beautiful. But uh, Chris has just written one herself and Alan too called As the River Flows. This will come down the pike pretty soon. I'm sure they'll get that published. But they, uh, Alan likes to write about the area. He has one called Okafinoki. You know, we live close to the Okafinoki Swamp. And he names his music after these places in the region. And one that you would like to play with your band that he, do, that he did for us is called the Isaiah City March. A lot of people wow. are picking this up now as a contest piece. It's just wonderful. So I'm lucky in that respect. But Keith, I like to set up a theme because I think it's like, it's like, you know, you just play this, 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 but you really need a message to get across to your audience. So I like to set up a theme. And this, my theme this time is remembering Pearl Harbor because it's the 80th anniversary. Right. And we have several South Georgia bands that are trying to go over there. So, I, I love this idea of picking a theme. Uh, it gives a sense of not only for the audience and gives them a sense of um, um, uh, purpose to the to the concert, but it, the preparation for that concert actually gives a sense of direction and purpose and, and meaning to the to the musicians. I think, particularly maybe with with community band, um, when you pick a theme like that, Deborah, uh, is it for a season? Is it with a particular length of time in mind? Um, I know I just picked a, a theme for my own band actually, and we just announced it on Monday, and and it actually was um, repair and rebuild was the because it's our first time back in eighteen months, and we're repairing the band and we're rebuilding the band, uh, and so that's reflected in some of the music, but it's more reflected in what we're actually doing week to week and the the goals that we're setting ourselves. So our program is like that's our winter program. That's that's mm-hmm. our purpose. I, I wonder, do, do you kind of have a, a a theme for a certain period in mind? Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, each season, like the fall, like I say, this one is going to be remember Pearl Harbor, but we're also going to do some Christmas because it mm. is that time, and it it just it's joyous for everyone here to to come to a program and think, well, I'm going to hear serious music, but all of a sudden at the end of it, we're going to play Jingle Bells, and I don't know, Keith, yeah. if you know, Jingle Bells was on the program that day at Pearl Harbor. Jingle Bells, Georgia on my mind. You know, oh, it was course, a band yeah. competition that day. Was it? Yes. And I didn't uh, know also, that. 
Yeah, there's a, a gentleman that lives in Pensacola, Florida. He's 102, maybe, Frank Edmonds, mm. and he's still alive. He's very, He was very active with uh, the community band in Pensacola, Pensacola Community Band. And I know you've heard of them. They're quite popular, and, and mm. they're old. And, and he did a program with them, and I actually got to see it when I was with Emerald Coast. And I was overwhelmed, you know, my goodness. So I went through his uh, writings and found in his diary that he explained what was happening that morning. And uh, they were going to have a jitterbug contest. And it was the playoffs that morning on deck. So he, he listed some of his songs. And one of them was, you know, because it was close to Christmas, they were going to end mm. with Jingle Bells. So I said, hey, we, we're going to do that too. <laughs> you know, so, so That's it, it, it's neat, you know. But yeah, I do. I do seasonal things, and uh, like I did. Okay, last year we did a Celtic kind of thing for mm. y'all, and we, yeah, we tried right. to send it to you, but our media didn't didn't actually work out the way we wanted it to. And Chris has written a piece that I I, I think I sent you a, a a little thing of the Zaya winds, and that was that's right. Personality. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a Celtic reflections. And we wrote that with y'all in mind, you know. So we, we tried was, to do it. was a beautiful gift. And and I know it came at a time where, uh, as you probably know, and maybe some of the listeners don't know, but Ireland has been on a quite a, a, a very strict lockdown for, for, for many months. We've gone through three or four very long lockdowns. And from January to uh, May of this year, we were on a, a five-month lockdown uh, with, and a mm-hmm. pretty severe one at that. It's really only now that we're starting to come out of that in any sort of way at all. And, and it's still oh. quite slow. Uh, great news this week, of course, that EU citizens can now travel to the US, which means I might be able to go to Midwest this year. Yeah, um, so. But uh, it, it that gift and, and many of the messages that came from the bands around the US as well, um, it just came at the right time. It was it was mm-hmm. a, a time that uh, our bands needed. But I, I have to say, I personally um, uh, got a lot from a lot of those messages and, and your own gifts of music included. So thank you very much for that, Deborah, and thank yes. you to the whole band for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, but you have a you have a, a link to Ireland. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about your past and your your journey, uh, Deborah. But let's. This is probably a good time to talk about that link with Ireland because you know quite a few of my my, my colleagues actually. Uh, yes. uh, for anyone that follows the Patrick S. Gilmore um, Facebook page, the of course it's not Patrick Gilmore that runs that page. No. <laughs> He's not quite around with us anymore. It's a man called Jarlett McNamara, and Jarlett and Deborah have uh, been have been in contact with each other for quite some time uh, but you're also quite friendly with my former commanding officer uh dr uh dr commandant joseph ryan um uh, of the saint patrick's festival fame now uh mostly but was uh a commandant with the uh defense forces um, school of music here in ireland um tell me about how you met joe and how this link with ireland kind of developed Okay, um, well, for years and years going to Midwest, I've been probably every year of my entire, since I was like 21 years old or something, I've been going to Midwest. And I would always go by your your booth, uh, Tourism Ireland, and I would mm. look, you know, hey, that's so beautiful, you know, one day I wish I could go. And um, I just would go by, and Joseph, I think, saw that in me. He saw that lady really 
is intrigued with Ireland, you know, and, and I, it was just a beautiful display. And I, I kept going up and I, he's so charming the way your y'all's accents, you know, can charm everybody, you know, that. So I would go well, up. Particularly, particularly Joe's though. I, mu- I must say, I mean, it's not every Irish man that is as well-spoken and as articulate as Joseph yes. Ryan. Uh, let me tell you a very quick story. Uh, okay. Joseph was, after he finished uh, with the, um, yeah, with the military bands, uh, Joe became the academic registrar of Athlone IT, uh, which is right beside where my army band was based. So at the graduations every year, it was the military band that would play the graduations. And for anyone that's ever played with any band at grad university or college graduations, you know you play many, many ceremonies. Uh, and Joseph, Joe's um, speeches at the beginning of, of, of all of these were always magnificent and so well written and, and, and spoken. Uh, but he's the only man that I have ever uh, heard come out at the beginning of a speech and, and announce himself to be somewhat of a John the Baptist figure, a prelude to the fugue, if you will. Yes. <laughs> so just a, I'm sure if anyone's ever stopped at that boot, they know exactly who we're talking about. Um, yes. He is. He's he's great and uh, has done so much work for uh, he's, for, for he's the St. Patrick's Festival and tourism and, and bands generally. Um, well, so Joe just sorry like somewhat of an interlude there but I thought yeah. it was a story well worth telling it is it is Joe and I love to talk about history too I, I'm very much a band historian I um, you know studied with some of the early you know band conductors and things like that mm. so Joe and I would share stories about different people and it just year after year I just look forward to going by and sitting with him for a while and he you know, I, I just wait till he didn't have a whole lot of people around just because I uh, wanted to talk to him. But he's great, a great musicologist. And we, he'd just tell me things and I'd go, wow, you know, I'm ready to come to Ireland. He says, OK, well, let's do it. And so he asked me, he checked, you know, I had a lot of marching band experience in my career. And uh, he says, I think you can judge my parade. And I said, well, wonderful. I'll, I'll be there. So that's how it all started. And then, you know, just evolved into, I went a couple of times and just got interested in the culture. And I met Edel Moss. She was a lovely person. And Susan, Fantastic. who ran the Tourism Ireland at that time, I think she's mm-hmm. gone on to another job. And Adele, all- yeah, Adele has actually gone as well now. Adele is such a loss because yes. she, uh, she didn't come from a band background originally. She came straight into sort of that tourism world and uh, mm-hmm. was, was with the festival. But she became so invested into the bands and knew all mm-hmm. the directors and knew all the best bands. And it's just, it was lovely to see someone that didn't come from a sort of our world of bands yeah. to just yeah. absolutely fall in love with it. And all of the band directors absolutely loved work with Adele she, she was yeah. she fantastic but Keith um, it's important to note um something we can learn from that is you know when we do our band things we have we can't worry we we have to reach out to those that are not band directors and that are yeah. not in our band and that is really you know I, I just remember John Philip Sousa saying uh in his writing he says if you if you're playing to musicians you're not going to get very far you better be playing to the the common man you know and that's kind of what what i think is good about that so it's funny you know and i know we'll talk about gilmore in a, in a few minutes uh, a little yeah. bit more uh, but gilmore wrote something similar uh in his own recording of his planning for the the uh 
1872 Jubilee, or the 1869 Jubilee he was writing about, actually. Uh, and he talks about the importance of playing, as he would have said, popular folk music. Um, right. uh, and that it was it was incredibly important to uh, build a foundation of, of the love for music. And then you can work to the next level. Um, and right. it's, it's so easy how many times we as, and I, I, I'm guilty of this sometimes too, how easy it is to forget that. Um, I got, I, I, I had my first rehearsal tonight in, in 18 months and uh, I immediately got bogged down in some chorales just to hear that beautiful sound coming at me. Uh, right. And uh, I could see the, the kids eyes glazing over. Right. So I took out the Avengers and the, the, the night, you know, just, <laughs> turned and they they all uh, they all had a great time playing playing music from the avengers but yeah it's funny like but i think people uh people do forget that sometimes we yeah. need to win win yeah. people over music, tell me so, yeah go ahead. I was just gonna music's a healing thing you were healing those children you know by letting them experience what they love you know so oh, I, the- I know you saw some great expressions tonight just such happy faces and they were all really tired going home tonight which was fantastic to see <laughs> that was my goal my goal was just to make them tired by the end of the, the night yeah. um and and so your interest in music in music history and then your interest in ireland did lead to a uh, an interest and a connection then with Charlotte mcnamara who is this historian uh, sort of an amateur historian actually but um mm-hmm. it's it's almost sort of not fair to call him an amateur uh, historian. The man has has a life's work in researching Patrick's Arsenal Gilmore, um, and uh, and has almost a, a museum to him in his in his house. Tell me about that connection, and and have you have you developed that interest in Gilmore a little bit more? Because he yeah. he is known, of course, in the US, but yes. and 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 here, but probably not as much as he should be. Right. The first time I ever heard about him was. Uh in the book Time and Winds by Frederick Fennell. Uh, mm. I took a band history course under, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure you may know this name, Dr. Paul Yoder. He is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, America's bo- most beloved composer. And he was my teacher. And man, wow. he, he knew all the people. He knew Carl King. He, you know, would tell us stories. And he got me interested in Patrick Gilmore too. And uh, so... You know, he says, well, now he was before Sousa. He set the pace. You know, he's <laughs> he's the reason Sousa did certain things. And I'm like going, is that really true? You know, mm. but um, he made us, you know, read Time and Winds. And then we at the the NBA has a Hall of Fame at my uh, university where I graduated. It's uh, for, of uh, distinguished band conductors. And I've always been a part of that. I kind of helped with Dr. Long and Dr. Al Wright. Um, kind of do I'm a little gopher person that went around and took papers and you know made sure photographs were put where they're supposed to be and Patrick Gilmore's in our hall of fame and so that kind of when uh, I I don't exactly know how I got involved with Jareth but he you know we started messaging each other through his page and talking you know privately about Patrick Gilmore and um, I, I've encouraged him to put a book together and I know he wants to, and he's looking mm-hmm. for people to help him in that way. And I just hope that all comes, you know, true for him and for us so that we can teach more about Patrick Gilmore. You know, um, uh, I, I would love to read that book. And I think it is a book ready to be 
to be to be written and ready ready to be read but i i think there's a major blockbuster movie honestly in the story yes, yes. um oh, for yes. anyone that doesn't know too much of gil gilmore's background and i probably have talked about it on the podcast before mm-hmm. so apologies to anyone that's hearing this for like this 17th time uh, but gilmore um uh, is probably the most successful uh emigrant of the Irish famine. I mean, even if you're not interested in the in in music or in wind band or in his involvement with that, the fact that this man emigrated through the fear of starvation um, yes. and then moved to the US and did amazing things like like conducting the band at Lincoln's funeral and conducting the band at the unveiling of the Statue of Liberty and mm-hmm. you know uh, basically owning Madison Square Garden yeah, at one I point. I can't believe the people that were there. phenomenal stuff um and and so you know uh, on this side of the water i think we're trying to do some work to try and get him just recognized as a famous irish emigrant uh, right i was to understand understand, keith that jarth was trying to get your government to maybe make a stamp with gilmore's it happened it happened oh, yeah he he, oh. he got that to happen yeah so there, there was a stamp for oh, a temporary awesome. period of time uh with, with with gilmore uh with gilmore on it but there there is there is a movie to be made if they can make um if they can make movies uh with um uh barnum uh, pt barnum who was a was a contemporary and, and, and right. a friend i think gilmore's story is way more interesting it is. <laughs> i might be biased but um, it's a far yeah. more interesting well, story he's, he- he carries the label of American concert band too, so mm-hmm. you know we share him equally. We just we don't do have, we we don't have the education for it right now. Yeah. You know, he he's actually a figure that has has become increasingly important to me in that uh, part of my role, part of my my career is this transatlantic sort of growing connections. Be that via uh, some of the digital work that I do, the podcasting, mm-hmm. or just some of the touring work that that I'm involved in organizing. Uh, Gilmore kind of stands as this pretty major figure in that he is, as you say, that, that transatlantic figure that we both share mm-hmm. that, you know? Um, so, um, yeah, if there's anyone listening to the podcast that would like to find out more, I have plenty of information that I can send to you. And I'm sure that Charlotte will be happy to spend hours on a phone with anyone that would be interested yes. in finding out more. Um, Very before we go any, f- yeah. sorry, I was just going to say this one little last thing. He, uh, called me one day and we talked for, Oh, 40 minutes or so about the connection of New Orleans, you know, which is a city and that I absolutely love New Orleans here. Mm-hmm. And he, he wants to come over and do some research, you know, in New Orleans and his connection with the African-American bands that were there, the blues bands and all that. So Gilmore's got quite an American contact through there. Well, actually, it's it's probably uh, poignant that we're having this conversation today as well, because uh, today is actually the anniversary of uh, Gilmore's final concert that he did right before he passed away. Uh, and um, it, I'm not sure exactly what what how many years it's been, but 23rd of September is that is that date uh so um maybe very poignant that we're actually talking about gilmore today i know this podcast probably comes out in a couple of weeks time but for anyone that's listening to it later we're having this conversation on the 23rd of september and that was the date of his final concert deborah uh before we go any further i want to talk a little bit about um the episode sponsors kaleidoscope adventures kaleidoscope adventures is uh, almost t- uh, just over 28 years uh, in business and they've been organizing uh, amazing tours 
domestically within the US and internationally for marching bands, orchestras, choirs, student groups uh, for, for all of that time. Uh, they really are some of the best people in the business. Um, founded by a music educator and many of the people involved are music educators and travel experts as well. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about your experience of travel. I know you're saying that, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about your love of Ireland, but tell me a little bit about your 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 travels over the years. Where where was where has been some of your favorite places to travel, be it oh. with a band or, or otherwise? Oh, well, it's been a while, but well, when I came out of college, um, I had a mentor that I connected with. Um, and you you know who she is, um, Gladys Stonewright, you know, Al mm. Wright's wife. Uh, and so she was well known for touring Mexico. She had a group called La Banda de Amistad. It's the band of friendship. And so way back in my youth years, I toured with her through Mexico. And what a cultural experience it was. We wouldn't be able to do that today with the way things have gone throughout society. Mm-hmm. But that's been one of my most memorable things that I ever did in my in a musical uh, career as well as going with her to Europe to the World Music Contest in Kirkrod. And that was, oh my gosh, I was young and I, I look up and I go in that big, it's a, like a big gymnasium, but it's a civic center. And they're up on the top row up there and they're playing. It was the Yamaha concert band. And I mean, I have never in my life heard anything like it, you know. And I, I thought right then, wow, you know, thank goodness I'm getting a chance to travel and see the world that way. So going through several cities in Europe was a wonderful experience. And along with Mrs. Wright, um, we took about a, I think it was about a 60 piece band and we played concerts all over the uh, Paris, you know, in Germany. And we got to stay in those towns, Stuttgart, all these different places with the final outcome being at the world music contest. And uh, I, I don't know. That was that's some highlights for me, you know. Well, Kirkrada, the World Music Contest is happening again next year in 2022, and it's an amazing event for uh, for concert bands and marching bands, um, or even for anyone that wants to go along and just attend and watch. Uh, so if you are interested in going to something like Kirkrada or going to some of the other great Amer- uh, great European festivals like Rashida and many of the other marching band festivals that are around, you can contact Kaleidoscope Adventures. You can work with me personally or with any of the uh, great sales team and great tour consultants that the, the team have. Uh, and you can go and find out more about that at mykatrip.com. And I'd be delighted to work with anyone. Keith, I, I want to say I want to shout out to your company if you don't mind. Of because course, of course. I, I, this is a personal shout out because I do know some of your colleagues in your company. Debbie Baker's a wonderful, wonderful lady. Had a a, a stellar band career, and she uh, through your company reached out to me and offered help with a leadership camp that I run in South Georgia, and mm. your your whole company offered you know things that I could give to the kids for their leadership. And I, I just want y'all to know, I appreciate it. And um, so there you go. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, yeah. they, they, they really are. I'm, I'm, I'm with the team uh, uh, just over a year now at this stage and uh, couldn't be a nicer team. And I get to meet a lot of them for the first time in person uh, this December, just before I fly up to uh, Chicago for Midwest Clinic. That's so cool. very much looking forward to that. 
Um, Deborah, let me talk a little te- a little about uh, work-life balance. Um, it's not something that we're all very good at in our industry. Uh, and with uh, you having the experience that you have, and now you're finding yourself back in in the in the career that you you were in previously. Um, are you approaching it differently? Are you trying to get more of a balance now um, than you did before? Are you trying out any new things to find that balance? Yeah, yeah, Keith. I, um, I, of course, this job, fortunately, is not every day, but you do spend a lot of time when you're off mm. planning. You know, um, when you have a band program and you want to recruit, you have to visit schools and all that. So, but for my recreation and balance of my mental health, I swim as much as I can. I go to a community center and I swim and it really makes me feel better. Uh, you know, a lot of people do yoga and stuff there. That That's a good thing too. I, I During COVID, you know, the pool was closed. What was I going to do? I was, oh, I was so upset. So I took my bike and I rode every day for at least an hour on my bike. And um, it just clears your head. It makes you you know, you're better. You just, you, you come in touch with nature. You know, I love to go to the beach. That's where I, I hope I'll end up there next. That'll be my mm-hmm. next rehearsal down there with the dolphins, uh, you know, in the ocean. And, uh, since I grew up down there, I really miss that, that part. It's about four hours to get there, but I can go to St. Simon's Island, which is on, uh, our coast here in Georgia. It's beautiful. It's, uh, it's a quaint place. If you've never read any of the uh, Eugenia Price novels, they are just wonderful. They tell all about the island and everything. But I love to do that. But, mm. you know, just keep my mind was, off a of band, you know. Was it something that you struggled with during your during your career, during the first phase of your career, that, that uh, work-life balance? Because, you know, we all love what we do so much, so it's so easy to give of ourselves uh probably when we shouldn't sometimes. Did you find that that was uh, something that you struggled with? Right, right. It's very hard to, um, I really, I, I had opportunities to get married and I didn't because I would have had to give up way more than I was ready to do so at the time. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, I don't have any children, so I did, the children were my band students. Right. And I I ended up, you know, being very close to them. And many of them now, this very today, 20 and 30 years later, they write me, you know, letters, you know, consistently. And it, it's just, um, you know, I, I gave up everything for band, really, and for other people. I tried, I think it's our service to, we're here on this earth to bring what we have in our generation to the next generation all the good in music and art, theater, those things that make us a well-rounded person. I told my students the other day, some people don't believe in going to college, but I do because it, it adds another dimension to your life, you know. So, yeah. No, I, I, I love that, Deborah, and, and uh, thank you for... Thank you for those words, and 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 particularly on a night for that means so much to me with being back with my band for the first time. Really, uh, that, that you know, just it's it is lovely to hear that, and we we do. I, I mean, I you know, 
accountants don't go home from work and have a passion for more accounting. Some, well, you know what? I could be wrong. Maybe there are accountants that just love accounting in their part time. I just, um, I, you know, I know we just, uh, band musicians just love what we do and it's, it's so easy to give ourselves probably too much sometimes, but, uh, it's lovely to hear that there's, there's clearly no regrets, uh, from, 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 uh, from, from your perspective on that. Um, Deborah, Let's get to know you a little bit outside of the music world then. This is a section of the show that I call Off the Rostrum, and it's a way for us to get to know our guests and a little bit about what they do outside of music. And it sounds like you do so much in the music world that it'll be interesting to see how how we uh, how we get on with this. Uh, but some very simple uh, and short questions. Um, and I want to start with who is your favorite author? Ooh. That's a tough one there. I, I, I read pop culture books, you know, like mm-hmm. um, things that happen, you know, like I, I just read the book about the Pointer Sisters, you know. Uh, I got a chance to see one of them recently, and so I wanted to read her life story. You know, I, I'm a big biography type person, so basically that. Mm. Um, a lot of things about World War II. I was born in Germany, in Frankfurt. and um, well. Yeah. And so, I, you know, and I knew I actually know a lady that went through the Holocaust and she was, you know, recently passed away. But I got a chance to sit and talk to her and go through her story and everything. So I love to to know more about that era. And I read a lot of military type, you know, stories like that. But I don't have a real favorite author. I, I tell you what I did. I brought this book for you to see. I bet you know about it too. It's a uh, play on John Bourgeois. This is oh yes about to finish right now. What a wonderful story about his journey to, to the Marine Band and all the presidents he knew. And so I'm intrigued with people and how they succeed, really. So and with the with the nature of loving biographies, there's not going to be one author. There's going to be there's going yeah. to be many, of course. Uh, well, that's a, that's certainly a great book, and I'm sure any musician or any band director that's out there um, that hasn't read that probably should. It's a it's an amazing story and uh, an amazing person. Um, to the next question, you've you've talked about your your interest in history and uh, and band, but do you collect anything? Um, yeah, I do. I. I collect photographs. Um, I was looking uh, of of people like I have, and also I have scores, musical scores that I collect and used to mm. a long time ago when uh, this is way before you or anybody, um, but <laughs> uh, my teachers would give me these little small scores uh, and the Volkwine Music Company that was up in Pennsylvania made little miniature scores. So I cl- collected a bunch of them and I have them. And um, so I do that, and I, I but I love pictures, you know. I collect pictures, old pictures, and things like that. But there again, always back to music, you know. <laughs> well, here's here's one that 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 can't have any. Well, maybe maybe it does have a music connection that you can find. But uh, what's your favorite fast food? <laughs> oh no. Um, well, it used to be Mexican tacos and mm. things, but. I'm kind of trying to get off that. I want to be more healthy. And so I don't, I try not to eat any hamburgers after tour going with kids everywhere. You get kind of burnt out on that. Right. 
So I do not stop at McDonald's unless necessary, uh, but they do make a great fish sandwich. So that, mm. that's probably what okay. I get. Fill it a fish. Okay. Yeah. That's a good answer. Good answer. Um, then the very final one then, um, who is your greatest hero? Oh, you mean not music? It can be musical otherwise. Uh, hmm. My greatest hero was, and he uh, is gone now, my, my band director, Dr. John mm. Long at Troy University, um, actually molded and made not just me, but many, many band directors. He had over 350 to 400 active band directors out during the 80s and 90s. And uh, just an incredible man, kind of like the father to all of us. Uh, uh, there isn't a day that goes by that, um, myself, including anybody that ever was in his band, does not think of him, um, uh, be thankful that he was our band director. He shaped and molded my career, and he's the most important thing, you know, person that I've had in my life besides my parents. And uh, also Gladys Stone Wright, you know, she's uh, 96 mm-hmm. years old, and I called her wow. yesterday, and I said, how are you doing? She says, I'm missing Al. I miss my husband terribly. Uh, to be with your husband some, you know, 50, 60 years is, is tough. He, of course, passed away a few years mm-hmm. ago. And uh, so she is an inspiration to almost every woman in the band field because she's a pioneer. You know, uh, we have some absolutely great role models that were pioneers, you know, in women band directors. So it's, you know, they they are my favorite people, you know. They're my heroes. That- Deborah, it's been absolutely wonderful to have you um, on the podcast. It's so great to get to know you a little bit more. Really looking yeah. forward to meeting you in person at Midwest this year, hopefully. And um, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you too. Do you play guitar back there, Keith? I am learning. <laughs> oh, that's another this, thing. I do this... collect, I collect guitars. Oh wow! Well, well, this yeah. is a this is a COVID uh, this is a COVID oh, project. Uh, myself and my daughter both bought guitars on the same day, and we're trying to teach oh, right. teach ourselves how to play guitar. <laughs> well, listen, you're doing wonderful things to educate and innovate people in the band field, and um, I just appreciate your time and and offering to have me on your program today. Anytime, anytime, Deborah. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much again for joining me and my guests in the band room this week. I'll be back next episode talking to more great guests from around the band world. So head over to wherever you get your podcasts from and make sure you subscribe. If you've enjoyed the episode, maybe even leave us a review and share it with your band buddies. In the meantime, you can stay up to date with me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Global Bandroom and on our website, globalbandroom.com. Until next time, I'll see you back in the band room.